From creation to the flood to the patriarchs to Egypt, join me, Pastor Hook, as we go through Genesis, the backstory to the beginning. So we are in Genesis 3. And yesterday we, we left Genesis 2, uh, and it's always, it's always a sad part for me because after Genesis 2, uh, this innocence is lost, mankind, uh, the connection to God. We eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and we've lost our innocence. And uh, it's always sad, but, you know, life goes on. So we are in Genesis 3, and uh, just a couple things. We're, we're going to kind of go back and look because there's a couple things I need to point out to you uh, from Genesis 3. So we read this yesterday, but I just want to look at it one more time. So this is beginning of verse 1. So now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So uh, the thing that just amazes me about this serpent, this whisperer, this hach nahash that's in the Old Testament is how much... He lied. I mean, he basically lied, right? He is, if you go back um, to Genesis 2, what did, God, what did God tell the woman, right? He said, the Lord God took the man, so this is the man, and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. I mean, I don't know how you can be more clear than that. Uh, God says to man, have any fruit you want to, but that tree right there, right? The tree that you have, this one, do not eat from this tree because when you do it, you will die. So man tells the woman, right? Uh, and she's in the garden and she encounters the serpent and uh, the the serpent says, did God really say that? Uh, and the woman says, yeah, yeah, he did. And then what does the serpent say? He says, well, when you eat that tree, you will not certainly die. God's, God's telling you that, right? Because, um, uh, because if you eat from that tree, um, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God and you will know good from evil. Uh, it'll be good for you to touch that tree. Don't worry about it. And it's a, it's, it's a lie. It is a complete 100% lie. There is no other way. There's no uh, nuances to it. There's no, well, maybe he didn't say the right words or anything like that. The serpent lied. And my friends, uh, this is a hard lesson for all of us, but you know it to be true just as much as I do. There are people in this world there are forces in this world that lie um, just as easily as they breathe, right? Uh, there are people who lie. Now, the, I mean, there are obviously, you know, we, we give uh, like some lies are, are white lies. Some lies are gray area lies. 
Uh, and we give a lot of people sometimes the benefit of the doubt, but uh, remember, it's, there is no Ten Commandments that says you can't lie. Now, later in Leviticus, there is a commandment that says you cannot lie. It says you shall not steal, you shall not deal falsely, you shall not lie to one another. And th that is good practice, right? Because we are social creatures, and as social creatures, we are only as good as our word. If, if you are a person that continually lies to other people, uh, then you break relationships with a lot of people. You end up kind of being ostracized from the world around you because, because nobody can trust you, right? You say one thing and you do another, uh, or, you, or you lie, or you, or, or you cheat. You, I mean, these are not healthy ways to live your life. And plus, I mean, it's a lot of work, right? Uh, have you ever told a lie? And then that lie, I'm sure you've told a lie. We've all told lies, right? I mean, you tell a lie and then um, and then you remember, did I, did I say that to who, which, which, which person did I tell that lie to? And how do I keep it all straight? And you know, people who are really, really, really good at lying, uh, I happen to be horrible at lying. I, for whatever reason, I've just found it easier to tell the truth. Um, I know I'm sure I lie, but it's just so much easier to tell the truth and they don't have to worry about who you lied to and who you didn't lie to and all that sort of thing. Um, but uh, there are people who are phenomenally good at this. And there are people who, are, uh, who lie because they want to get ahead in life, right? They want to cheat, they want to steal, they want to lie, and they use what I call the dark side to move forward in life and to you know, to, to get what they want in life through lying and stealing. And, uh, you know, at some point, I firmly believe, even though some of these people, right, it never comes back to bite them because they are so good at it, right, that that it never, it seems like there is no justice in the world. That You know, we know they're lying, but it seems like the world is not caring that they're lying. Uh, but we, you know, we know or we pray that at some point, you know, all those lies will come back and haunt them. But, but we know that 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 lying carries forward into the next into the next world, right? And so, uh, lying is a bad thing. It's a very very bad thing. It's it reduces our ability to have relationships with other. That's why, right? Uh, it's so when you're raising kids, like right? raising kids, we tell our kids, just tell me the truth. We can deal with the punishment later, but we have to. We have to work on the truth side first, right? Because we know as parents that our children, if they, if they lie and lie and lie in this world, the world will crush them and destroy them. I mean, a very few small percentage of people can actually make it in this world by lying. But we know for the vast majority of the people in this world, if you are a constant liar, you are not going to make it in this world. Um, and so we, you know, we even sometimes we'll, we'll throw the punishment aside and just say, tell me the truth. The truth is so much important. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Um, how many times? Oh, my goodness. What was it? Um, oh, it was in the debate, right? We had a debate and it was, um, I, I don't want to get political here, but there were two people on the debate stage. It was Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, and they were on the debate stage. And Elizabeth Warren said to Bernie Sanders, you told me that a woman could not be president. And Bernie Sanders said, I never said that to you. Now, we have no idea which one to believe, right? It could either be the one side or it could be the other side. Uh, 
most likely um, one of them said something that was that that is being twisted or not twi or maybe one was clear and just lying right I mean I would not put a pat I, I think okay so I'm going to show my stripes a little bit I believe that many 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 politicians have no problem lying they're so used to twisting things uh, and having the words that they say be used against them by twisting, right? That the only way you can survive as a politician is to understand that the person that is coming after you is twisting your words and trying to make you look bad because most people only look at sound bites. Um, and so you have to kind of harden yourself as a politician and you have to basically just deny everything uh, and then if it blows up and everything and then maybe you'll get the opportunity to have that discussion and debate about how people are twisting your words and all that sort of thing but I yeah I just I don't know how you could be I, I don't know how you could be a politician today I mean people are People just take what you say uh, and use it against you. Or, uh, you know, and a lot of politicians, they're, they're so used to that that they aren't even concerned about the truth anymore. Um, and I just, it's unfortunate because, you know, to find somebody who really just speaks the truth plainly, simply uh, takes the, you know, those people get destroyed and thrown out of politics, right? So uh, this is why I am so grateful that I'm in the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is based on truth. Uh, the truth will set you free, right? The kingdom of God is, is uh, adjudicated by a righteous king who sits on his throne, who knows everything you've said, knows everything you've done, knows you completely, and he still loves you and still cares for you uh, and doesn't throw you out of the kingdom uh, because of who you are or what you said or whatever. I mean, but... But he calls us to be righteous people. He calls us to not lie. Um, and so that's why we tell the truth, right? We go, to, we go to the court and they say, do you promise to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth? So help you God. And you swear, yes, this is true. And we really, uh, even if we don't tell the whole truth, right? We at some point are lying. And so when we sit on the stand, we should tell the whole truth. We, sh we you know, it's, it's not nuance. It's just the plain, simple truth. Uh, and but that if you're not if you're in court and you don't tell the plain simple truth and that causes somebody to be convicted that's called bearing false witness against another person and that is one of the big 10 commandments uh, because bearing false witness has ramifications way beyond the little white lies right people can go to jail people can go uh, be killed people can be hung well, we don't hang people today we people could be killed in prison or whatever because of a lie that you might tell. So telling a telling the truth in court is probably the most important part uh, of our judicial system. So if you're ever called, as hard as it may be, you have to tell the truth. There are people's lives that hang on the balance uh, and the truth is always better than a lie. You, there's just no way around it. Um, but there are people who can lie just as easily as they can breathe. And you have to understand that the serpent, this devil who has sway in our world is roaring. He, what does they say? Satan is like a roaring lion 
you know, traversing the world looking for souls to devour. He is the father of lies. He loves lies. He loves taking lies and wrapping them in the truth so you don't even realize you're being deceived. So my friends, always be on the lookout for people who are lying. This like the, I've been hearing uh, stories of people who give robo, or not robocalls, but calls from people who are, you know, basically telling you I'm from the IRS or I'm from some police society or, uh, you know, I'm a policeman, I'm a sheriff, I'm from the IRS, I'm from, from, from some legal official, I'm from, uh, you know, this is this is your stimulus check and I need your information. They're just baldly, you know, they are, they are lying to you as plain as day and they have no compunction of it after because they, they you know, they, I, I pray they get theirs because to lie to get somebody's wealth is, I think, one of the worst things you can possibly do. Uh, but there are people that do it just as easy as they can breathe. Be on the lookout for it. We live in a world where people lie and they just have no problem with it. We are, we are in a sinful world. There is good and there is evil and Jesus is the side of good, but there is Satan on the side of evil and he is using every power and every technique and every tactic possibly to get you uh, to fail, to, you know, to get you to stumble in your faith. Don't fall for it. Just simply follow Jesus, follow God, follow his rules, don't lie, act in the, you know, there's a path of good and there's a path of death. Uh, that's what uh, in, the, in the Didache from the, from the first century, there's a way of life and there's a way of death. Follow the way of life, it's so much easier. But you all are already following the belay of life. So that's good. All right, so um, that is what the serpent said. Uh, we're going to go now to Genesis verse 6. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and she ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and the wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Man, if they'd have just apologized, you know, said, we, we failed, we sinned. But no, they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man. Of course, he knew. Where are you? And he answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and so I hid. So, man, I just, you know, he had, he had this opportunity. This, and this is the last time, right, that he was with God in the, in the cool of the day. Of course, it doesn't really say that. We, so I, uh, let me go back to that. I have always believed that Adam and Eve and God walked through the garden every day and God explained to Adam and Eve all the things about life. God if Adam had a question, hey, can I eat that bush right there? And God would say, sure, you can eat that one. And Adam would say, can I eat that one? You know, God didn't say there wasn't any bush that he couldn't eat. So in the Garden of Eden, all the food was good, right? Except for the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So Adam was somewhat protected if he stayed in the garden. He could eat of anything. Um, and I've always believed that God and Adam, you know, had this really, really wonderful bond. But it doesn't, if you go back and look, it's just, it doesn't really say that. Um, anywhere in Genesis, it says here that God was, you know, he was walking in the garden the cool of the day uh, and had him hidden from him. So um, it does lead you to believe that, that maybe God 
and Adam and Eve were kind of walking through the garden every day and enjoying life, but it doesn't necessarily technically say that. So just thought I'd point that out. But man hid. He said, I heard you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked, and so I hid. Um, and then, you know, then what happens? Uh, then we go to verse 11. And he said, this is God. And he said, who told you that you were naked? He knows. Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is it that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So what happens here, right? God asks, what did you do? And Adam, you know, as all of us, because we're all sinful human beings and we all fall into this trap, you know, Adam shifts the blame to Eve. He could have said, yes, Lord, I ate from the tree and I am guilty and I am so sorry. Please forgive me. But instead he says, that woman, you put her there with me, uh, right? Uh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I had no intention of ever eating from that tree. But that woman that you gave me, she's the one that gave me the fruit. And so I ate. And so God looks at Eve and says, what have you done? And Eve says, well, you know, it wasn't me. It was that serpent. You know, you put the serpent in the God. We're always trying to shift the blame, aren't we? We don't want to man up or woman up to the sins that we've done. We always have this belief that we are perfect individuals. And if we shift the blame, somehow the, the, the thing that we've done that is so bad will somehow be minimized or something like that. But you know as well as I do, you can't shift the blame, right? Um, we are sinful creatures. Um, and we always want to shift the blame and make ourselves look better than we are. But, but as Luther says, or as the Bible says, we are filthy, dirty, sinful rags. Um, we, we sometimes sin a little and sometimes we sin a lot, but we are all sinful people. If we say we don't sin... We're deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us, but we all sin. And um, uh, it brings up another interesting point um, that if without Jesus in your life, without the grace of God in your life, we are so quick to go to this point where we blame other people. But one of the great freedoms of living in the Christian kingdom and knowing that God loves you and cares for you and he knows that you sin, he knows you're trying not to sin, um, but he takes your life and he still uses it for his good because his grace and his power can take our lives and use it for his good. In a way, that frees us to be able to stand boldly in front of our fellow man and accept the blame for the sin that we did, right? Uh, being being safe and sound in the arms of Jesus means that when God says to you, what did you do? We don't point the finger to Eve, but we point the finger to ourselves and say, yeah, I did it. I'm sorry. I, I am a sinful person. Please forgive me. And through the power and the grace of Jesus Christ, God does forgive us. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that the consequences of those sin in the world that we live in are not going to be there uh, and some of them can be huge and some of them we have to deal with for the rest of our life 
but at least on, a, on an emotional, intellectual, spiritual level, when we own up to our sin and know that Jesus Christ has forgiven us of that sin, at least we are right with the creator of the universe. We are not kicked out of the kingdom uh, and we have that spiritual freedom and it truly is freedom. Uh, you don't have to worry about what other people are thinking about you or who to blame and all that sort of thing because we know that we're safe and sound in the kingdom and nobody can take us away from that kingdom. And I call that Christian freedom. And Christian freedom is one of the greatest joys in life. It is a foundational, it is a foundational part to every life to live in freedom and not worry about what the world is saying about you. Um, Sister-in-law going down the path yesterday, uh, walking on the path and a biker comes up behind her um, and says some really mean things to her, right? Uh, just horrible things. Uh, one, who's right there, you know? Is, what, was she really, you know, not on the path the way she should have been and she should have been more hugging to the side so the biker could get by? Um, or was she doing the right thing and the biker was just having a bad day? I mean, we don't know. I mean, this is just, this is speculation. But we're always trying to justify in our life, right? This biker's trying to justify he was doing the right thing uh, because that's what we do. We self-justify. We're always trying to prove to the world that we're doing the right thing at the right time and that we're in the right, right? And the farther you are away from the kingdom of God, uh, the more you live in a world where you have to prove to people that you are right. And, um, and that is, you know, the world can put a huge burden on you for what is right. Uh, what is it today? I mean, if you're not the right uh, social class or if you don't have the right skin color or, you know, I mean, there's all sorts of things that, that the world is putting on you to say you are not right um, because, because of these things that are on in your life. And, and if you are far away from the kingdom of God, this stuff is a burden on your soul. But we as Christians in the kingdom know that we are, we are loved by the creator of the universe who cares what the world says. Um, we are loved and we can live in that Christian freedom. Yeah, we mess up, but we can accept it. And yeah, the world might think we're kind of silly and stupid. The world might think we're actually horrible, but that doesn't matter what the, what the people of the world think, right? Because God, if God says that you are his precious child and he loves you, then what else is there in the world? I mean, that's just basically what it is. So Adam blames Eve, Eve blames the serpent. You know, they want to show, you know, that there are still some semblance of righteousness. There is no semblance of righteousness. Adam and Eve, you failed. You had one thing, and now all of humanity is paying the price because you failed. That's just simply what it is. And I'm sorry that you didn't, you know, that you didn't, hold on to this this vision that you were a, you know that you could live in the garden without falling but you fell and now we're all paying the price uh, and but but here I'll tell you Adam and Eve you're only human God gave you free will you had the choice and you failed but God still loves you and we'll find out God still cares for you he's still there for you uh, and I'm sure that, you know, you, maybe you're even, you know, in heaven with God right now looking down. I don't know if you look down. That doesn't really happen 
um, with Adam and Eve, but but you're you're safe and secure in the arms of of the Creator of the universe. That's for sure. So, anyway, uh, let's see. Do I want to go to free will? Um, I think free will is a big topic. <laughs> um, but but what we get in the Garden of Eden is free will, right? And we had free will to begin with. We failed, but free will is what separates mankind from all the other animals in the creation. Uh, free will basically says that you come to a fork in the road and you can take the left fork or you can take the right fork. You can not eat from the tree or you do eat from the tree. The question that philosophers, theologians, uh, intellectuals have always dealt with with the human condition is do humans have free will or not we know for sure animals have free will animals uh, we, we know for sure animals don't have free will uh, animals respond to, uh, to impulses to, uh, to things in their life and they will always respond the same way they do not have free will but mankind we believe from here, from creation, mankind does have free will. And um, that means that we have the choice to take from the tree or not eat from the tree. We have free will. Now, there are many, 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 many philosophers and people, uh, intellectuals, especially people who do not believe that there is a God that say that humans are always responding to the things in their life, to their environment, and they have no choice but to respond to their environment the way that they respond. That, my friends, is that is that true or not? And we are going to spend some time tomorrow looking at that question because that question is foundational to faith. And you do not want to miss tomorrow. So we are going to spend some time on that tomorrow. Um, and... Uh, I then don't forget on Friday, we are not meeting on Friday. You get a day off. If you really, really, really want to spend time with me on Friday, go to Facebook. If you missed a lecture, you can pick one of those up. You can also go to our YouTube channel. Every lecture I do on, on Matthew and Genesis is on our YouTube channel. You can find our YouTube channel by going to our homepage, www.christlutheranvale.org. Scroll down to the very bottom of the page. You'll find our Facebook link, our YouTube link, our Instagram link, I mean, Twitter link, or whatever all those links are. You can click on the YouTube link at that point, and it will bring up our YouTube channel. And man, you could find, I've got stuff on there that goes back for years that just might be fascinating to you. So feel free to just browse on that tomorrow. I insist that you browse on that tomorrow if, you're, if you uh, are feeling like you miss me. All right. Uh, and I will miss you. Uh, I will miss our time together. But this is, uh, this is what I'm doing on Friday, and uh, I pray God's grace for that. So uh, we're going to close in prayer. Dear God, thanks for this time together. Continue to keep us safe. Uh, protect our world. Protect our community. Protect our vulnerable. Uh, until we meet tomorrow, keep us in your grace. In Jesus' name.